This podcast is a Kitty Wing production. Rockus Marcus. Rockus Marcus. My high school, I What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of My High School iPod, the show where every week we invite a guest on to share some of the music that they loved back in high school, and we listen to it, and we talk about it. Love! Love. I almost even screwed that up. (laughs) You want to tell everybody right off the bat what just happened? Do you want to? Uh, I mean, I guess they it's... don't have to know. Yeah. We just, here's the thing. We just had a, like a really insightful, wonderful conversation where we solved a lot uh, of our... Let, let's be real. We had our normal bullshit, but it was good. It was funny bullshit. It's better than usual. Yeah. And it went on for a solid, like, you know, about the, about the length of when we were about to introduce the guest. So, you know, six, seven minutes or so of just us bullshitting, being funny. Our guest chiming in. And uh, and then we realized it wasn't recording. And can I... That's the first time that's happened, right? That's the first time that's happened. Which yeah. for us is kind of impressive. I'm honored. Uh, yeah. I, I'm embarrassed in front of our guests, so I keep saying, that's the first time that happened. <laughs> Just like, never happened. <laughs> you walked in being like, ooh, this is a cool setup. This is how podcasts are made. Wow. And then... Yeah, it's I did the not... It's the nitty gritty, man. And it's it's exactly what you think it is. I didn't press record, <laughs> which is a really, not some weird fluke. <laughs> it's a very important step in making a podcast. Yeah. We're going to be troubleshooting that. Yeah. Way. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's all good, though. Uh, um, I'm going to just do the one that I did because I thought it was good. Oh, yeah, uh, it was good. Oh, my high school. I pop your arms tonight. Must have been something on your playlist. <laughs> <laughs> Better that time. Better. It was. I should I Same should more practice feeling. those yeah. ahead of time yeah. instead of just doing them off the cuff. Uh, but hey, <laughs> but, but hey, I'm Jay Howell. <laughs> but hey, I'm Jay Howell, <laughs> and that's how I do things. Uh, I'm your host. Um, I am joined, as always, by my friend, my co-host, my producer, who sometimes forgets to hit record, but we. It, I'm glad we didn't get like halfway through. I know you saw it too. I wasn't even looking at my computer. Like I'm, I have one job. I have two jobs. Job. But <laughs> what was the thing? You're you're gonna be great. You're gonna be great. You're gonna be great. It's from a right, jeans or iPod commercial. We talked about that in our last intro. Uh, he's the Rizzoli to my aisles. Always has been. Always will be. Muhammad Joma. Hey, buddy. How are you? I'm pretty good. I'm feeling all right. I, I feel I feel stupid, but uh, feeling good. Oh, um, it's all good. Th- I, thanks, guest. I, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to be a news guest, <laughs> lifting my spirits. What if he was a dick? It's like, <laughs> like I'm fucking late. Try better, amateurs. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna yelp this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> One stop. Uh, Muhammad, I saw something on uh, Instagram ad that I uh, I needed to bring up because we talked about him. On a previous episode, Ooh. I think a few episodes back, and uh, and it made me think of a joke that's going to take a long time to get to, okay. and it probably won't be worth it, okay. but I want to <laughs> do it because that's the kind of jokes sure, that this, we do on this, this podcast. This podcast isn't too long or anything. <laughs> okay, so you know how uh, they're do, they do like live, they're doing live Disney remakes of everything. Yes. So apparently there's going to be a live like on TV 
version of The Little Mermaid. Like, okay. live in front of people. and Oh, like, like a stage performance, like how right. they did Rent and uh, Grace. Yes. And, yeah. and like Queen Latifah is Ursula. Cool. And John Stamos is the chef. Which I don't think is a uh, huge part in The Little it? Mermaid. But I haven't. <laughs> Maybe in the stage version, though, it's a bigger role. They'll beef role. it up a little I'm bit. Not, I'm not a. I'm beef sure it up, already exists, right? Like role. this is an existing, probably this, musical. Yeah. So and then Sebastian the crab is played by Shaggy. Oh my oh, God! For real? Wow. This sounds made up. And this is happening in the current year. <laughs> this is happening like, <laughs> soon, yeah. like very soon. So. I thought Sounds it, like a jo- like a joke show. You know how shows sometimes will be like, we have to like Bojack would be like, we're putting on the Live Little Mermaid, and that's the casting that the show, yeah. the joke would be about. Yeah, yeah. that's insane. The perfect joke casting. Although I do like Queen Latifah as. as uh, so here's my joke. What's it? So she caught me on the counter under the sea. <laughs> Saw the marks on my shoulder under the sea. <laughs> Pretty good, right? (laughs) Pretty good. I was trying to think of some more Sebastian specifics, (laughs) and I got none. I was like, I've not watched that movie in a long time. Uh, Our guest. I'm very excited to have him on. Uh, I've been talking with him for a while about coming and doing an episode, and uh, we're finally doing one right here, right now. Uh, He is a singer-songwriter of one of my favorite Atlanta bands, uh, Book Club. Welcome to the show, Robbie Horlick. Hi, everybody. Hey, dude. Hey, everybody, dude. both of you. And listeners. And the millions of listeners. It's so that we exciting have. to be on this pod. I'm <laughs> dude, a fan. I'm, I'm, glad, uh, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you wanted to do one. Uh, we, we play uh, many, many shows together. Um, and I, I feel like I, I sort of know what you listen to now, but in terms of like high school and stuff, I don't have no fucking clue what you were listening to because uh, we met uh, a few years back. Right uh, in our in our you know post way way post high school uh, post college even um, but yeah this is so cool I'm glad you're this here this is great and because I was listening kind of I mean as soon as I heard about it I was intrigued and I listened basically from the beginning it, mostly I mean I'm not sure and it's maybe not something to be like proud of but I think I'm the oldest guest oh, yeah. I mean I don't know of course but. But my high school years were ninety three to ninety seven. Ah, that might be the that oldest. is that is very different. I because didn't know that. a lot of times I'll hear you guys talk about like stuff like what was like post Fallout Boy or whatever you know shit like saves the day whatever. Yeah, yeah. That, and the and emo that was around and like thing, but yeah. um but it was I was in a different realm. Right. So like. Then to think of the things that spawned from them that y'all talk about, like, mm. well, I definitely don't know like the second layer. Right. right. <laughs> Holy shit, I'm super excited. Yeah. Yeah, I had no idea. For the record, you you don't need to know those the the second layers were No, it's all like... too <laughs> No, that's that's the most fun part is listening to people's experience and not, you know, loving music as much as we do. Like yeah. you get dropped into something whenever you happen to get dropped in. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not a there's no judgment. I love that about this thing cuz most people that Yeah, I've heard a bunch of people like the dude last week was like Sister Hazel you know? <laughs> yeah. But I get it. I mean, like my version of that would would have been middle school or it, sure. it but Counting Crows. Yeah. Hell you know, yeah. like, and they're still solid. Uh, yeah. Matt Gerard was on here and talked about the Counting Crows. And I think he, uh, him and I had, had talked about how we love the Counting Crows. So I, I know he felt no sort of like 
hesitance to play it, and I was very stoked. Oh, they about were on it. his top eight. See, I didn't. They didn't make my top eight. Okay, <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. yeah, he he played it, and we we like fanboyed out about Counting Crows for a while, and had a fun conversation about Adam Duritz and his weird hair. Yeah, <laughs> it's cool. It's cool when you can circle back, because um, they're not also not on my list. But I remember, like, and the at, in high school, I kind of sat at this my friends were at this table and like further down was like the juniors and with all their cool like punk rock hardcore t-shirts mm-hmm. yeah and i'd basically see what they were wearing and then go seek out those bands except if they were really scary looking right like, <laughs> <laughs> you know and i remember like being so late to the game on joy division because i just thought well they're goth and i won't right. like goth, yeah. you know and i was so wrong of course but if only i'd had like four extra years with them totally. you know? yeah that's well, interesting when you think about like the bands that you like i know i mean uh there were bands in high school that even like my friends were listening to that they would tell me about and be like you got to check these guys out and i was like yeah whatever and then, like, yeah, in college, I like, yeah, I went back and listened to Elliot Smith, and was like, "This guy's great!" And wow, you missed so much time. <laughs> I could have been listening to this in ninth know, grade. Totally. Wow! And, but now, now you could turn on Spotify and hear something from the '40s that you love. Oh, yeah. So it doesn't. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's funny. Like, it's funny like that. We talked about oldies a little bit recently, mm-hmm. and how oldies are shifting. It, it's not only shifting, but it's like now this stuff that we listen to in high school is oldies. oldies. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's just like all of every, like modern music has been, you know, we're modern. Like the sound of rock and roll has been around for so many decades now that it's like all oldies. <laughs> like, cause yeah. it, the fifties stuff, the doo-wop and, and Motown and stuff, is still oldies. It still exists. It's just yeah. also now you have to consider like, yeah, the classic rock and then yeah, 80s and now even 90s stuff and being in that same world. You also, know. just in the like, especially in like the Americana vein is like you kind of want the recording to sound old. Yeah. Like, especially like I, I, I know I'll, I'll like listen to something and be like the drum sounds so like old and kind of fuzzy and like. And and then I look, and the album was recorded like last year. And I'm just like, oh, cool! Nice. I love that they like uh like Whitney just yeah. put their new album out, and like I love the drum sounds on it because they sound like a fucking '70s like yes. Bee Gees record or and something. The, and like. the singer is the drummer. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're just so like drum centered. Yeah, like, and he's so good at what so he good, like. Yeah. So good. Um, but hey, yeah, let's uh, you you were you were talking. You know, lunch tables and stuff. Yeah. Um, let's uh, let's kind of little little bit of origin story about you know you and high school and where were you and uh, okay, what sure. kind of stuff were you you into and all that good stuff. I was thinking about this a lot because you know we have phases, but um, high school. So Sandy Springs. I went to North Springs. Cool. Um, and I was in the marching band. And because I, I have some memories where, like, I would buy a CD and listen to it on the bus to the Friday night games. Yeah. I remember listening to Born to Run, like, on that, being the Get nerdiest pumped. kid in my, like, <laughs> blue and orange flannel thing with the plume. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, and listening to Thunder Road or something. <laughs> what'd, you, what'd you play in March again? Saxophone. Oh, cool. Which, which steered me because then I was in a ska band. And, oh, yeah. Um, which you know was all the punk stuff intertwined. And, totally, yeah. 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 That was like the heyday for 
Like those it like was. late 90s, mid I mean, I 90s. thought so, but the, but you live in what you think is the heyday. Yeah. You know? But yeah. I did. I didn't put them on the list, but I... My, so that was one element of high school was ska punk because I was in the band. I was loving like just fun, melodic punk with horns. Mm-hmm. Loving it. Um, and my, my ska pick for that I don't know if y'all know. How do you do it? Should I? Yeah, let's I, play something. Let's go right Hell into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, baby. Because I didn't know. I mean. I, I hope it's a ska cover of Thunder Road. <laughs> <laughs> I dream. Ice cream door slams. In my own. Um, ways. <laughs> Our ska band was called Go For Broke. And, uh, good name. And I, I, good pl- name. I, I dreamed of covering Devil Went Down to Georgia. <laughs> with the horns doing the fiddle riff. Oh, cool. <laughs> I mean, I thought we could do it like voodoo glow skullsy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was too much to teach the band. It was like a lot, you know. Well, I wasn't going to arrange it or anything. But I don't know if y'all remember this band, but here's this one. Oops. Did you play? Who is it? This is called Slapstick. Oh, we lost it. What happened? We're back. Oh, we only get in clips. Well, that's all you really need. That's a shame. Why Um, don't you uh, give me that dongle and I'll just, you mention the band and I'll play it off my phone. Well, sure. I mean, you don't really need more. Yeah, that way. (laughs) No, no, no. We can, we can have it and you can like talk over and. Okay. Yeah. Can you tell me the name of that song? Um, That was called Good Times Gone. So I don't know what their story was. I believe they were in Chicago, and that was kind of a grittier type of like punk scene. And so yeah. like, what I really liked about them is they basically they didn't go to those like those upstrokes. Yeah, it was like it was punk the whole way through, but with awesome horn riffs. And um, somewhere in there, I could be wrong, but I, somewhere in there w- was like one degree to alkaline trio. Okay. Oh, like yeah. I think they were in that Chicago pre pop punk emo thing. Yeah. yeah. There was a there was a lot of especially the sort of upstroke because like you know like Gus and Mason were in a ska band like that didn't have horns but it was very much that like punk and yeah, they, yeah. they did a lot of the upstroke stuff and like yeah that was it's cool. really funny to even listen to this now but that's the you kind of mine the nostalgia for this totally. Uh, yeah. Um, so that I only picked one punky punky thing because I had a lot of like things going on and mm-hmm. I didn't want to overwhelm it. Totally. Um, How many people were in Go for Broke? Um, let me think. I, <laughs> yeah, because I know ska bands tend to have a God, lot. We of even people ha- we even them. had a tuba. Uh, oh shit! Yeah, it was like every, friends from marching bands. Like you want to you you can figure these parts out. Come oh, on yeah. in. Um, we had. Sax, trombone, trumpet, tuba. We had two singers. We had guitar, bass, drums. So whatever that makes, seven or eight. Seven or eight. We had. Um, we would have the 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 like the single serve trampoline. We would bring on a, <laughs> on, 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 like a stage. So like anyone who wanted to could run across the stage and jump. Oh, that's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> uh, did you guys wear like suits when you played? Or no, we didn't a... wear suits. It was. Uh, w- it was just like teenage, like we just wore, I couldn't, no one could corral an outfit. Out there. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> you played the sax in, in yeah, the band? I did. 
which was awesome. I mean, it was fun anyway, but you'd kind of write some of the songs, but also basically I didn't know how good I had it for loadout. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I mean, I didn't realize, oh, I just like closed my little briefcase. And I'm good. And done. And especially yeah. in high school, you're not helping your friends bring the drums to the car. <laughs> Nobody ever helps the drummer. <laughs> no, no. And then I, then when I had like a, you know, rock type band in college, it was with the half stack amps, and it was just so annoying. Yeah. Because you didn't need them. You weren't playing like Phillips Arena. You didn't need them. They're so heavy. They didn't fit in the accord. That was, I was always like my high school band. We always were pressuring our bass player. Like, dude, you got to get the (laughs) eight ten, like the, cause it looks so cool. And I was like, we were playing, yeah, like Swayze's (laughs) and like these little tiny rooms. It was like people who did have those would bring them and it would just like destroy everyone's ears. This was like too much sound for that room. And they're expensive. Yeah. People got that. Um, I read Ace Frehley's book. I forget. I don't even know Kiss that well, but he was one of the. He was not the main two in Kiss. I think yeah, he's, yeah. The, he's the guy who lead guitarist uh, maybe. Or? Uh, New York. I'm back. Back in the New York. Oh, he York did. Group. Yeah, That's I mean, it was really a great. Time. I read it a long time ago, but I remember him saying that in their early days, they would just bring hollowed out cabinets. Oh, so for they sure. basically it was all theater even from the beginning. Oh wow, That's funny. That's and they, they were so committed. <laughs> such a kid they would story. even wear all their makeup to radio interviews. Really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Um, what else? What else we got on this? Here, list I got here? some more. I can pull up from my iTunes in here if you want. Um, so Scott was like, "Can I see the dongle?" Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so, I'm sorry. Scott was like early high school. Would you say like Scott was um, like tenth to twelfth? Okay. Because in the early days, I actually had, so um, this is another thing that I hadn't thought of forever. Do you guys remember BMG? Capital. Uh, was that the like Capital CD? House? The this? 12 CDs for a penny thing? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. We've I talked was about big. Columbia House. Columbia was, House. Yeah. yeah, not Capital House. Um, yes. Yeah, so I basically defrauded them. <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> I mean, it turns out that they that it's like a lost leader. They don't give a shit about right, right, like, right. their version of a CD. Like mm-hmm. they, you realize they have their own UPCs. It was just different. Yeah. But um, I I would do this this scam, where like I had two versions of it. One where I would make sure sh- I would check the form to make sure they didn't make me attest that I was eighteen or over, and then I would sign up and I'd get the first free 12 ones and then they'd send me the bill for the $20 for the CD and I'd have my dad write a letter that says <laughs> he's under 18 and can't enter into a legal contract and so you know he didn't know what he was yeah. doing and, <laughs> yes. and we did that once or twice and then the next time I did it I referred a fictional neighbor <laughs> oh my god because I was like I, I lived in a house yeah. in the burbs but I was like I just when I signed up for the first one I put like 1A and then <laughs> and then I paid for that one. That was like my legit plan. But when I refer, you know, you get like three when the other person gets 12. So I, I got like 15 Holy new shit, CDs. dude. So that's when I picked all the like deep cut Zappa and, you know, Almond Brothers. Anything that I was like, oh, I should check these guys out. It was free, essentially, mm-hmm. you know. Um, lots of weird classic rock, pretty much. Hell yeah. Yeah. So that's like a, a far away thing those i don't know those clubs 
That's I mean, I got thing so that, like, much there. Will never exist again. Yeah, <laughs> will never. Um, because this... people were scamming them, and they, I think who, who was the this? other guest who said that they had a history with this? Is it Luke mm. Tanner, maybe. I don't think it doesn't sound familiar. But it has come up before. Somebody had like a similar, well, not a similar story, but like also was signed up. Mm -hmm. Uh. Um, Another one. Okay, that there's a funny story. I loved these guys so much. And they, I was in their fan club and they put out this record when I was in 10th grade, I think. And Maybe ninth. Yeah, ninth. Because I wasn't even driving, didn't have friends that were driving. They put yeah. out this record. And in the fan club, they put out this thing that said, hey, if you want to be on our street team and you hang up some oh, posters, totally. take some pictures of the posters hanging up, we'll put you on the list for the show. And so I did. And it was, it's Dead Milkmen. Oh, yeah. And, um, and the album was not Richard, but Dick. And the, the poster was just this big red poster with a pack of hot dogs that said, everybody loves dick. <laughs> <laughs> and I just hung that up in like random places in Little Five and shit on some Saturday. And then I went to their show, which was amazing. But the band that opened for them became like opened this new portal for me where I loved them, found all their shit, ended up like really being fanboyish. And like they, they I joined their fan club and they put out this sampler cd with a single and then that had like a trumpet part so me and my trombone friend arranged that line for sax and trombone and then emailed them and we're like when you come to town can we play oh my god can we play with you we figured the song out and they're like sure oh that's and they snuck us into this 18 and over club and we played like the one horn line and then became like kind of friends with them that's awesome cool as hell Wait, who was that? That wasn't Dead Milkman. That, was that wasn't Dead Milkman. This was Possum Dixon who opened for Dead Milkman. Cool. Love. This is uh, this is one of their ones from their second album. Can you hear that? Yeah. 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 I've never heard of this band. Yeah, it's an interesting look back. L.A. kind of 70s, 80s type. Do you remember where the show was that you got to go play? Yes. It was at The Point, which is the clothing warehouse in Little Ah. Five Points now. That was an incredible bar. I don't know if y'all remember. Uh -uh. Um, They used to have, like, weekend matinee hardcore shows, you know, like the... The, you could go down in high school at like 4 p.m. on Just a Sunday. Just a hold steady lyric. <laughs> it was it was like that when that all ages hardcore matinee show. That's shows. exactly what it was, and it was incredible. It was so much better than just just vintage clothes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's all great bands there, but I saw. So they stuck us in here, and then I like loved them so much in junior year i remember i drove to charleston and showed up at their venue and played and then i drove to dc and did it again that's awesome i just like had my saxophone and my like they're like hey rob and i had a big <laughs> afro at the time like <laughs> so i'm pretty You're I like thought, i'm kind of in the band now. i thought like they'll never remember me but i'm sure looking back like the band sees this nerdy kid with an afro they're like i remember oh, that was yeah. awesome too yeah. i know like, it is pretty cool to kid. be that into yeah. it you know, I really <laughs> love them. Yeah, but this is fun. good. I like this. This is good. He, uh, the singer, became a magician mentalist. Wow. <laughs> he did. I, he really did. He can YouTube a clip of him on the Penn and Teller show. Oh, cool. Yeah. It's really odd because you're in their twenties, you know. Like, being like, it's all bullshit. 
it was um it was a nice fun era and also made you feel i remember being backstage with them once and like this is not a cool story because i was so nerdy i didn't drink or anything and they were it was like an off you know it was like a tuesday for them they weren't right. really drinking right. either but i was still like wow all these people are cool and they're yeah. tattooed and talking about other shows and musicians and places they've been and where they're so going rock and roll and i was just like awkward as hell yeah. <laughs> so rock and roll but then it's still a warm memory it's good yeah. yeah yeah any yeah anything back then when you have like no other frame of reference of like what it's like to be in a band yeah. backstage or at, at all is just i remember yeah we would play like swayze's with these bands that we held in the same regard of like Radiohead or so when really like they're just dudes who play and they probably also work at like the gap or something right. and like they're not <laughs> famous musicians but to us they are yeah. and so you're just like these guys this is amazing well, being, yes and, and being was. included in a way it like feels really mm-hmm. awesome it's like i'm legit I've, i'm cool enough to like be part of this scene and like hang out with these you know older kids or whatever it's, yeah it's a, it's you're a being good feeling. like tolerated but like sanction <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah hell yeah. yeah what 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 else on on your okay uh, so playlist? this is another one <clears throat> that this was another great lane because this became like the political like this and i was vegetarian because of these guys for four years or something and and you should probably know them but i feel like the suspense here there goes that other side of my headphones. <laughs> Recognize this? No. no. Negative. Let's see. My father told me, son, it's futile to resist. Oh, uh. I don't know. I know. You're so close. I know. It's Foo Fighters. <laughs> yeah. Propagandi. Propagandi. Okay. They Mike. were so like. Listen to what he says here. Like. But wait a minute, Dad. Did you actually say freedom? Well, if you're dumb enough to vote, you're fucking dumb enough to believe them. Because <laughs> if this country is so goddamn free, then I can burn your fucking flag wherever I damn well please. I, I got into this band uh, like three months ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're still going, apparently. And they got harder. Um, I loved them. I loved them so much. And actually, you know, the bass player was the guy that started the Weaker Thans. Oh, really? Yeah. Ah, see, that's more my speed. <laughs> Mine, too. I ended up really, really digging the Weaker Thans. And there was, um, so I had this, the, uh, did you remember Maximum Rock and Roll? Mm-mm. The uh, the like the punk zine kind of thing you could get it at Borders and stuff mm. honestly but it was like a it was just full of goodness record reviews weird interviews with punk and hardcore bands and then a ton of ads you know yeah, like, yeah. by like totally. labels which are really just people in their dorm room and stuff. right <laughs> um, but I didn't know that and that was the it's best and I remember zines. like so Propagandi they were from Canada and they had a label called the G7 Welcoming Committee. And I remember once, I didn't even have a checkbook, but for my birthday, my present was like 20 bucks. And um, I told my mom, like, write a check to Propagandi. 
basically like make like, the <laughs> checkout to profit <laughs> and and what i did was like they had this little this little ad in their thing which had like their one or two 10 inches and a split something or other and it all added up to like 10 bucks or something mm-hmm. yeah so i i don't know how, like how i got the idea for this but i basically sent them more than i was ordering and mm-hmm. then i wrote in my little note can you just send me shit you like oh that's awesome and they sent me a few singles of like their friends bands like that's seven so inches and, cool. I, and a little note you know yeah. and it, was like, it was really cool and i don't don't know why i've never done that but that was just a weird high school thing to do yeah. you know you have ideas like that in high school and then they, they you don't like it's like a real outside of the box thought that like is hard to come up with and it's pressure on the receiver you know yeah. <laughs> now you'd be like well i'm not gonna make my favorite band go shopping right <laughs> exactly like there, there's i mean and, all you right know, robbie needs some music it'd be guys. weird if if 30 year olds were writing letters like that but there is something like endearing and okay when a kid does it and you're like oh, i was like yeah, steer me yeah steer me yeah. send me some cool shit i think i've talked about it on here but there there were times when it was like when the internet was just like something that we were all still kind of figuring out and i remember going on uh like further seems forever which was one of my favorite bands in high school and i remember sending them a message on their on their website like uh addressing the drummer specifically i was like the message yeah. was like hey dave i don't know i don't remember his name <laughs> and i was like uh i saw you guys a few months back at the cotton club and i was curious as to what drum kit you use because it sounded really great i'm a drummer too uh th- write me back let me know you guys are the best jay and then i got a message back from like whoever ran their website it was like hi jay this is steve <laughs> i i run the website uh dave uses a number of different drum sets uh thanks for listening to the band and he's like, <laughs> at least they wrote back you know yeah but he didn't tell me and like but at the same time i'm sure it was like a very expensive drum kit right. <laughs> but in my mind i was like Further Things Forever, they run their own website, and right. he's going to write me back, and we're going to be friends. Yeah. It could happen. These days, you might be able to DM These days, someone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, Twitter hey, and Instagram. What kind of drums like, are you using? They yeah. might actually run their mm-hmm. own stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I would write letters, and um, it was fun that back then, you know, doing that. Um, you brought up, like, street teams, too, which is another thing that I feel like, like is not. Exist yeah. Anymore, and yeah. it was, like, such a cool to know somebody that was, like, yeah, he's in a he's an alkaline trio yeah. street team. Yeah. <laughs> like, Shit, I felt so cool. So I mean, all, basically, I, mean, I was in like nothing. ninth grade, <laughs> you know, labor. backstage at the masquerade. <laughs> These bands they were probably like twenty five years old, mm-hmm. but right. but I'm just like I'm like wow, you're doing it, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And they were they were touring, and so therefore yeah. they had done it. I mean, yeah. But to your point, Jay, there were like times I'd see bands even at Swayze's that were not famous nothing they were kids or whatever you know maybe they were like 18 right 20 maybe and they like but they had like an album out that i could buy at ambush and i thought they were the fucking coolest you know like that was it that's all i needed to be like it's these guys are amazing yeah Yeah. there's nothing separating them from uh aerosmith i actually try to think about that sometimes when when i do cool things (laughs) you know i'm like like if i was 15 i would think the shit i'm doing was dope as hell so whenever i'm like getting down about you know well did uh, how many people actually saw this thing i created or whatever i'm just like 
Doesn't matter. Fifteen year old Muhammad would have been like, "Holy shit! Yeah, you made a fucking podcast. Holy shit!" <laughs> I mean, it has incredible. nothing to do with my music, but I but I still have some people. To, like we had Gopher Broke had stickers, and we would stick them up everywhere, and like yeah. including the toll lanes, you know, and those buttons. Yes. Like, um, and I and people still to this day were like, "I remember seeing your sticker yeah. at the toll lane." <laughs> like, they had no clue what right. you know. They just it's just a fun memory. Yeah. We had uh, my high school band. Uh, it's called My Friend Wendell, and we the first T-shirts we ever made. Uh, a buddy of mine, um, like, made them in our graphic arts class in our yeah. in our high school, and they were just like it was like a duck, and then underneath it said My Friend Wendell, <laughs> and it was just so cool that we had our own shirts and we like sold them to people, and the first time you washed them, the okay logo came off oh yeah and so we, we were it like it was made on shitty presses yeah uh, pre- it was a press who yeah is, uh, we should have on this show i think I know. really good but uh and i remember Just he talking was about pedro the lion so yeah he, <laughs> was, and half. But he was so embarrassed like i could tell he was like I should. I needed to dry them longer. I was like, "What the fuck, dude? People paid for these." Was like, but he was also a high schooler. Like, he wasn't like a professional screen. Yeah, you gotta learn that stuff. Yeah. I remember in the early days when I'd go see Less Than Jake, they had this thing they used to do where they'd go to local thrift stores and buy T-shirts and screen their their shit on it and then sell those for five bucks. That's cool. So they had, they had cool. you know, even back then they had like twenty shirt varietals. And yeah. All, like. They were really into the merch, but they did this thing where you could just get the cheap thrift, stamp, right? Made like the stamped thrift shirt, and it was awesome. That's very cool. That's cool. This, um, so I want to play you because that's I, I loved the punk shit. I remember when my friend, I don't know where it started, but my friend made me a tape of Punk and Drublick, <laughs> the No Effects, mm, yeah, yeah, and that's when I was like, oh, I need more. Mm-hmm. But I was also kind of doing the other thing from like weird indie and what I to me what was weird, um. This band was huge for me. Primus? Mm-mm. Oh, you I heard this? No, I don't know. Oh, I, was, I, I, I took a shot. This is morphine. Ah. Low voice, really like. This is a two-string slide bass. Oh, wow. The band was drums, two-string slide bass, and saxophone. Weird. <laughs> it's cool. He's suave as hell. From the back of the room. That's cool. This song sounds like it could be uh, in the theme song of any season of True Detective. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking like H- any HBO show. Any HBO show. Like, yeah. they, they're still worth looking at. But I remember when, like, you know, when, you're, when you think you know voice. shit. I remember being in ninth grade because one of my friends had an older sister who was, knew these guys because she was in college. And he got the tape. Yeah. It's like, you gotta listen to Morphine. This is what they're all about. And I was like, bass, sax, and drums, it'll never work. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, here's like, the horn. Oh, that's fucking cool. This is like college rock? This is like, I guess so. on the college yeah, stations was, uh, and tapes getting passed around and stuff. 93 or 4? Pretty cool. It's cool. It's I think that's cool. pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I actually went to see them at the masquerade. I got there so early, like 4 p.m. or something. 
that they were loading in. And I had made my own They Might Be Giants t-shirt at Kinko's. And I, I remember I was like, I had this awesome idea, and I went and did the thing, and the sax player was like, cool shirt. <laughs> Which was really cool. I love horns, too, and, and, and music. This is fucking cool. I mean, cool. this works. Also, right? it so does not sound like it's from the mid-90s at all. No, they kind of avoided that. So yeah. yeah. So it got a timeless sound yeah. to it. Um, yeah. Morphine. It was so good. Morphine. Uh, and also, unfortunately, the singer died of a heart attack on stage. Oh, my God. In Rome, I believe. Somewhere in Italy. Yeah. Wow. Damn. That's really fucked up. Yeah. But, you know, incredible music. Yeah. Um, this is, can I play you with one other one? This is like, yeah, these dude. are my top. This is your episode. Well, you this dude, um, this is like, I need to balance the punk because. <laughs> Wait. Balance the punk is a good. Good punk rock CD title. Yeah. <laughs> This is Dinosaur Jr. No, but they're on my list. But this is Frank Black. Frank Black. Uh, that sounds like uh, I've never heard of him before. That sounds like Drive By Truckers. Oh, truckers. you never heard of Pixies? Yeah, he's a Pixies Oh, is guy. he? Yeah. Ah. Yeah. This is from his second Frank solo Black. album, Teenager of the Year, where he's like 30. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, Not a teenager. And he's holding a bouquet of roses in like a, a sash or whatever. Like he, it's just. It's such a good record. I've never listened to any of his solo stuff, which is interesting because I, I do like the Pixies. Um, I, I've li- most of the time the songs that I've heard of his are the, it's on like a TV show or a movie, and I like Shazam yeah. it, <laughs> and then it says like Frank Black, and I'm like, oh wow, I guess I like I should listen yeah. to more Frank Black. You know, but- the Pixies are kind of like harder and more angular this was him a little more chilled out even though there's weird weird arrangements and mm-hmm. yeah but there's like this but it sounds like it could be like an elvis costello stem. song or something yeah. yeah yeah oh man this song, album has a song called freedom rock which is like he's like i don't care all i listen to is freedom rock like <laughs> <laughs> that's good yeah i love him so much i still i met him actually at the masquerade too not that it mattered, I guess, but like I was just so into it. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'd get there early. I would stand in the front row, you know, right when they opened the doors, that kind of thing. Mm. Have you been to the new Masquerade yet? Once for the 20th or 25th anniversary of Less Than Jake. Okay. Wow. Like, yeah, I had a friend. I want to disclaim that I didn't buy tickets. Like, I had a fr- <laughs> I had a friend who was the second person space. to do that in three weeks, actually. <laughs> really? yeah. Like back then, I loved them so much. And I saw them like 50 times in the old days. And then, but, but I guess what's cool about them is for what it is, they're still making new music. They're not riding on a greatest right. hits tour. I think they were just at the fest. I can uh, see that. I mean, like, I, I was like half sad and half kind of enthused when I went to the show. Like, more, it was more like, like feeling like a National Geographic journalist or something. It's like, <laughs> these people are still out there. Right. <laughs> Look at them with their chain wallets. You know, like there was it people like 
like old like an older it fan base like, or there's younger people that are yeah, still Yeah, but the sweet part was there was people our age that were bringing their like 12-year-old kids. Mm. And there was still a pit and it was still really raucous. So for, you know, what they weren't phoning it in. It just it was just kind of shocked me that like I it made me really feel lucky that my high school ska band didn't get popular. <laughs> <laughs> Because what if I was cursed with having to keep playing? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we've talked about it on this show before, like how ska music just, it's like the, like the most disappeared genre of music that there's just no new, like purely ska bands coming out. But any kind of band, I mean, like it'd be pretty, like I, it was more college for me, but I loved the get up kids. Yeah, and um, Jay saw them recently. My fav- and they're, they're band incredible, in right? But yeah. I remember when uh, I remember seeing at the drive-in open for them. <laughs> yeah, and they they just demolished. Right. <laughs> and then the place was like, "Oh, okay, punk, punk. <laughs> right, <laughs> like, right." That's a bad band to open for anyone. For anyone. <laughs> they really, they really like yeah. blaze the trail. But I remember the Get Up Kids. They um, their first album or single or something in on the inside said they are and forever will be these four people, which didn't end up totally true. <laughs> you know, it was just so emo to say like, right. like if we lose a member, we're not the Get Up Kids. Right. But um, our I remember basically like loving them so much being singles club and sub pop. I just did all this shit. But, mm-hmm. um, but when they like came back, there was some interview or podcast or something that makes it like, they were awesome and they're still, I'm sure awesome. Mm-hmm. But the best way that it could work out is to be really popular when you enjoy it. And then to just be called back to play fests. Yeah. How cool would that be? Like it, it would kind of suck to like, do the 40 city tour and only 50 people come to see that yeah. you play that album from 15 years ago, but fests pay. And the way they're, they're talking, they're like, well, we have kids, we have families. We go out for a weekend. We see all our friends. We play all our favorite songs. That sounds like a dream. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's yeah. I feel like the, you know, and it, and it's such a popular thing now, uh, especially uh, with the age that, that we are all are now where it's like these albums that we talk about loving in high school it's like the 20th anniversary of saves the day yeah. through being cool and they're doing and it a lot of times the whole album yeah, yeah and it's and it's like this thing where and you know we'll go to it and all the people are you know in their 30s and but i can't help but think like does the band need money is that right. what they're doing <laughs> but this? it works yeah. yeah it works you know because everybody's everyone happy gets something out of it yeah yeah, yeah. Exactly. but it's like they want to be doing this right cuz if they do then i'm i'm then glad they're cool. doing right. it yeah oh, well the thing with the less than jake thing was my friend was part of their like vip club or something so included in the in the tickets was like a meet and greet with the band an hour before doors open so we all stood in this little area in the masquerade and they gave us these posters and the band came around and made sure to talk to everyone. Yeah. I was like, how interesting to be like not fawning over a band that right. I'm meeting. Like, I'm just like chatting like, Oh yeah. Hey. Mm-hmm. Cause, cause on one hand, like <laughs> it's cool. They're still doing it. They're making music with their friends and making enough money and not hating it yeah. outwardly. Yeah. So like, that's all check the boxes. So, but it's not like I'd gotten some meet and greet to Radiohead and I would be right. like, well, what, since do you use? Right. <laughs> you know, this is more like, so, 
less than Jake. <laughs> it's like, we, we, like they could kind of tell that I wasn't their target audience or something. Right. Yeah. We talked about even with the Get Up Kids when they did their reunion tour this year or whatever it was, but they toured, they came to the put a new Earl. Al- new album out. They put a new album. Yeah. yeah. So it was like a, but they came and they played the Earl and like how weird that is for the fans and for the band to just be like, oh, you know, 10 years ago, if I saw you, I'd be, you know, in the back of some big venue and now I'm seeing you like I could reach out and touch you guys. Right. That's I cool can shoulder hell. my yeah. way right up to the front. It's, or just it's yeah, it's such like, a different environment than Yeah, you know. it was like me and Justin who were like, We just were on that stage like last <laughs> right, week. Right, right. And now we're you know Yeah. That's but, a very cool feeling. Yeah, and it must be I mean, I don't know if it sucks for them. I, I don't think I probably I mean it nah. might suck for the band, but it's gotta be a different feeling for them in like a new environment or like a you know, it's reciprocal. It's I mean, like all of a like, sudden they're playing small venues like, again, and it's cool. Mathematically, you know? like they are a sure thing to sell out three hundred. But if they were to right. book Terminal West and not get seven fifty, right? You know, that's a lot yeah. shittier. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Even though they totally could, they probably could, right? Maybe, <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. They they seemed they they did acknowledge that the stage was small because <laughs> there was five of them. <laughs> Like he did make a note of that, but uh, you probably get pretty spoiled with the big. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but they seem to have a wonderful time, and I, yeah. I think they enjoyed doing it. Um, you want to take a break, real quick? Sure. All right, we're gonna take a break. We'll be right back with more of my high school iPod with Robbie Horlick. Where did we leave off? We did punk. We did prank black. <laughs> yeah. Was Frank Black the last thing we listened to? I think that to? might have been the last yeah. thing we listened to. This is, uh, let's see. Oh, wait. Here, let me, oh, I'll bring us back in officially. Uh, but leave all this in. This is great. And we're back. We're back. You always tell me, leave all this in. It's Did great. Did you say we're black? Did you, you say we're <laughs> <Did> black? <laughs> we're back and we're black. Like, and Frank Black. Yeah. <laughs> it's my high school iPod. I'm Jay Howell. I'm with Muhammad Joma. Hey buddy, <laughs> now the now the pause is on purpose. I think so. Yeah. Uh, and our guest, Robbie Horlick. Hi. <laughs> uh, Robbie's been showing us some of the music that he loved back in high school. If and you're just uh, tuning in. Yeah, if you're just tuning in. Uh, <laughs> How about um, this dude? This we mentioned him kind of. Kennedy? No. Dead Milkman? Dead Milkman. I was about to say Dead Kennedy. Oh, yeah. Dead something. Dead something. This is another band that kind of passed me by that I listened to a little bit more since. uh, Have you ever talked to Mason about the Dead Milkman? Because he'll talk to you about him. Have not, but I would love to. He's a big, big fan. Loved him so much. Loved him so much. They had a song on this album, which turned was not like a hit or anything, but um, forget what it's called. But there's a line in it where there's there's a town in Georgia's got a law on the books says if we all got guns, then we won't have crooks. Ah, uh, it's Kennesaw. Yes, it's <laughs> That's great. I mean, they were political and weird, and like this is this like listen to this guitar solo. Yeah, 
It's like an anti-solo. Yeah. So good, yeah. I like it. I do too. Yeah, I love it. I mean, it. I think so much of this type of music spoke to young people because it because it is it's political as a message. It's angry, you know, and then it, and it sarcastic. Yeah, and then it's fun. Like it's still like it's got a playfulness to it that is just like kids can kind of get behind, you know. Yeah, I mean there are some things that that don't age too well like they had that song taken retards to the zoo. Well, sure. I mean, that, that's just every piece of media. A lot, a lot of like '80s, '90s punk has like unfortunate themes. Yeah. It doesn't mean they yeah. they meant it. They just weren't right. In, yeah, yeah. Oh, but anyway, that was oh, that was awesome. And this is the this is the other one on my top eight. Did you just pick eight songs and you keep referencing top a, eight? I have like a B team because I do. do you really? <laughs> yeah. You you keep saying top eight and it makes me think of MySpace, which was very oh, much yeah. a high school thing of having <laughs> your top eight. See, I had AOL, chat rooms, totally. <laughs> Instant Messenger. This is this weird intro. This is not exactly how they sound. It, yeah, I was gonna say, who's this? this I kind of like that like little flashy sound. Ooh, that's pretty. Good. Who's this? Dinosaur Jr. Ah, there they are. And they were really huge on me. Learning that you could sing without singing, kind of. Like, it was just so cool. Yeah. Interesting riffs. This is very cool. Because in high school, before my ska band, I had, like, a a weird, like, lo-fi folk band that was kind of sebado-y. Like, okay. We were four-tracking all the time, making, like, weird songs and it was actually it was actually it got a little less weird it like we didn't realize we were weird because we had no outside influence we were like oh we listened to Dead Milkman and Dire Straits and like all these right. weird things that didn't come together so we just made music like every Friday night just made songs that's perfect Dinosaur Jr. is one of those bands that like I've had a few times where I've like tried to get into I don't know it's not like I ever didn't like them or didn't but I just I'd like get a CD and I'd be like I'm gonna listen to Dinosaur Jr. because I was post high school I listened to like I got a little bit into like um, like Guided by Voices and Husker Do I don't mm-hmm. know if that's really in the same boat but like it feels they, like it yeah and they get mentioned with them a lot and even like television that old band I really liked and so I would like be like I'm gonna listen to Dinosaur Jr. and then I'd get an album and I don't know why I just never really got into into them the way that. Want to hear funny? Minutes. Do you guys remember Blockbuster Music? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> has that been on the pod yet? No, it has no. not. When you could go and listen to any CD, they would open it for you and yeah, go to that station. The, yeah. I remember going into one. I had heard about the band Television. Yeah, and I went into Blockbuster Music and I was like, "Do you have Television?" And he like pointed me to the Friends DVDs. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> But I wanted to be like I didn't know any more than their name. I didn't know right. the album name. Like, <laughs> so you thought Television wrote that song? So no one told <laughs> no. life was gonna yeah. be this way. Like, they really kind of <laughs> fell off, but that's when they got popular. Yeah. <laughs> but I had a I had like some you know that rabid fan. Like this is middle school, but this is hilarious to me that I did this. Um, I would call Turtles, if you remember, Turtles was like the southern oh, yeah. chain of, yeah, yeah. of record stores. I called them like weekly to ask when the Robin Hood soundtrack would be out. 
because I love that Brian Adams Brian song. Adams song. Yes. Yeah. That's funny. We have talked about that, that song, song in this is, podcast that a couple of times. Come up on yeah. That song is good, it's but so I, can good. you imagine the, the 16-year-old answering the phone? <laughs> like, like, oh, it's him again. <laughs> also, why hadn't the soundtrack come out yet? It was a, it was really suspense building. Like, they put out the single or the video or something. Right. I was loving it. Yeah. Can't tell me it's not worth fighting for. I've brought up uh, that Newfound Glory, who was a big favorite of mine. They they made a uh, like an EP, which was just like soundtrack songs that they covered, and one of them was the Robin Hood song, and Great uh, song. and it was fantastic. They did uh, the Robin Hood song, uh, the Titanic song, that thing you do. Great song. Um, the Karate Kid song, which was so good. That- the best no 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 the, it was that it is was, the correct that is song. but the one they did was the like i am the man who oh yeah peter satara yeah. yeah uh let me tell you something though real quick if you say the karate kid song everybody's gonna think you're talking about the best around not the other karate oh, kid that's song. pretty memorable now that you say no, it. but it's best around no that's the song but here's karate. the thing i i heard that the newfound glory version before I heard like the original well, Cause I'd seen the karate kid, but I didn't really remember. Sure, 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 and yeah. then when I actually heard the original and I was like, the original one's kind of sucks. <laughs> I, I used to love punk rock covers. Yes. Yeah. Who's that? Um, me first of the gimme gimme. They, they did a bunch. Like, yeah. On a jet plane. Yeah. Like, they, I think it was them. They did a, uh, uh, 500 miles by the proclaimers. And who did somebody did like a prayer that I used to like Rufio Rufio yeah yeah. Um, but the proclaimers one I remember really being into it because they were like and if I have her whatever the fuck that means (laughs) I'm gonna be the man who havers next to you Uh, oh, punk covers were always great because like they they, they brought something new to those songs, yeah. which like you know they made them faster. Yeah, <laughs> and a lot faster. of times they introduced <laughs> us to the original artist. Right, right, I right. mean, like you know, you're not you can't know everything. Like I didn't know like I can see clearly now, or right. until like Screeching Weasel did it, or something. Like we that. talked about how hip hop does that too with samples, but then uh, often like. Kids our age just didn't know what it was, the sample was, and then would hear it many, many years later and be like, "Oh shit, that's that Puff Daddy song." It's in your subconscious. It's like yeah. a yeah, an old Motown song or something. Yeah, I mean that still happens clearly, but that was a yeah. Uh, I'll I'll when I heard the police, I'll be watching you. I was yeah. Like, did they steal this from Puff Daddy? Right. <laughs> Puff Daddy wrote this in, in memorial to Notorious B.I.G. Right. <laughs> no, actually. Uh, other I way smell around. a lawsuit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go on Puff Daddy's website and send him a I'm message. I'm going to write an email to the drummer. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jay, it's That's Dan from the website. <laughs> 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 That is the way in, you know, like when, a, when you see like a band you love, like, and they get off stage, it's easier to talk to like the rhythm guitarist. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You know, like, <laughs> I want to talk to the singer, but you know, I'll just, get, I'll just say hi to this other dude who's awesome. I always had a feeling of, cause the, yeah, like in high school, you feel like you need to talk to the band where now yeah. I'll go see a band that I love. And after the show's over, I just go home yeah. and I'm like, that yeah. was amazing. But I'm not gonna hang out backstage. Like, and it was, it's because after like 
so many times of like waiting backstage and like or like waiting outside and then seeing like the drummer of a band that I really liked and every time I love your toms I would just be like I would I would like shower them <laughs> I would just shower them in compliments and I could tell all they wanted to do was like go find yeah. like oh, like word, hook up God. with like some like oh yeah, yeah. Like female not me I will say it's every like, time yeah. we did it with like a group of girls with us we always ended up talking to the band of course girls, for sure just but, like, but they can tell from like ten feet away when you're like coming up like what pedals do you use <laughs> <laughs> like, oh god like oh that guy <laughs> <laughs> I noticed on your distortion that it has kind of a twinge to it yeah. Um. What, yeah. Anything else on that yeah, on that man. on that playlist? Go for the A team. This was, this was big for me too. Ah, you were saying you had your homemade Kinkos. Uh, yes. They might be giant. And shit. I believe, I believe it was a quote from this song. I put the quote. Um. The the quote was, and the truth is, we don't know anything. It's always cool when you like make your own merch for a bit. Too. <laughs> I know, I'm really a big fan. And I and I was like, I sh- if only it'd been kind of modern days, I would have like made more of them. Yeah. I mean, I remember when I was so when I was a freshman in high school, or maybe sophomore. So Woodstock '94. Oh yeah. Came out or '93, whichever one that was not terrible. Yeah. Not '99. And I had a I had a D scrambler. Which and so basically, I had pay per view, and oh, yeah. I recorded. I stayed up. I set an alarm and I got up like every eight hours because I put the VHS on EP, you know, so that I could get even though it was bad quality. So this I recorded. is something that no one <laughs> yeah. from like 1997 <laughs> on had, it's so had to think of, and it's perfect. Yeah. I love it so. much. I recorded all of Woodstock, and then I put an ad in the back of Creative Loafing selling it. Whoa! Even though, and I got one order, but it took me. You had to dub it in real time. So oh shit! It took so me it just took me like <laughs> yeah, days. <laughs> it took forever. So like I, I was like fifty dollars all of Woodstock, and I and I was happy to make that yeah, money, right, but like yeah. nobody else luckily called me. It was a tough venture. Dude, monotonous work like that too, by the way, like at that age, it's like nothing. You'll just like be like, oh yeah, I'll just spend the next eight hours sitting. I used to like record everything on my camcorder and then I would log the footage in a notebook. I never edited it. I never did anything with it, but I would log it by like every minute and just like write everything down from each cassette tape. You're a transcriptionist. I don't no reason. No, like it's just the nerdiness. It's, it's, it's aspirational. Um, do you have like one more song you want to play? Yeah. All right. One more from the days. Um, loved this band. This is, uh, in the same Final Femmes Oh I love this I realized we, we didn't really talk about They Might Be Giants that much but That's They okay. Might Be Giants is great we, Yeah <laughs> They they kind of feed the nerd part but also the weird part mm-hmm. In high school I bought Viva Wisconsin their live album and played that album still play that album constantly uh, I more, remember this. I uh, forget. I, you, there was this zine called Comet Bus. The guy that was in this band, Crimp Shrine, like a Berkeley kind of punk thing. Sure. Um, 
he had some amazing quote about creativity and there still being time and it was some amazing like list of like Gordon Gano wrote the first Violent Femmes record when he was 16 Joe yeah. Strummer wrote the first Clash album when he was 22 you know all these people and their older ages and saying that you could still do it yeah, yeah. it's very inspirational yeah. man um, but yeah, I love I love this band. They're like dark too. in a cool way. They sing about fucked up things, and murder. I don't know the voice. You yeah, know? like so, I took a lot from the voice. Yeah, yeah. So textured, so interesting sounding. Yeah, and uh, desperate sounding. Guy. Just a snare drum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which and a wild upright bass. Going back to the uh, loading, uh, like loading <laughs> out and stuff. There's a lot of times where I'm like, I wish I just played a snare drum. I would be and, and if that. only we were that calculating when we got into music. That's why I feel like no, no one that got into DJing was like, oh, I'll just bring a CDR and then like, <laughs> and right. I'll make thousands of dollars tonight. Like, I'll, play, I'll bring a USB drive and be good. Right. I put so one of their songs on a power hour. I'm going to put more of those on the next They're so good. They're I, so good. I, uh, I they went. Really are. I listened to them the other day when I was running. They're just for whatever reason, I was like, "Put on Violent Femmes." And they're they're great. one of those bands that like most people probably think are one hit wonders. I it made me it always <laughs> it made me want insane. to start a band where one of the words in the title was another language. I've never even actually thought about that with the Violent Femmes, yeah. but that is what that. Like means. it's really cool. <laughs> yeah. We're just we're Violent Femmes. Yeah. yeah. You know, or like what I don't know what else would fit that, but. That's a good angle for like a good name. They're, yeah, so good. Like the three amigos, handsome muchachos. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good band. Uh, three they, amigos is is as good as it gets. All right, you guys ready to to move from Robbie playlist? Fantastic, well done. Uh, but it's time for us to move from the past into the present. Uh, and to do that, we have to get into a time machine uh, that we have constructed here okay. uh, at the podcast. So we're all in it, and now we have... And now we're in the present. For our new segment... Marty! <laughs> <laughs> it's your kids, Marty! <laughs> Sorry. That was, that no, was I love that. Uh, so here, uh, yeah, now we're, we're in the present, and it's time for our, uh, our, our most popular new segment that we've ever had. Um, <laughs> people, I mean, look, you guys, we've, we're getting your fan mail. Uh, I, we have to ask you to kind of tone it down a little bit. Can I tell you just, something? You I can. Got, I got a DM on Instagram. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and it was this guy. So it, was, uh, it was anonymous at hackers.com and he said <laughs> he said I've hacked your iCloud and have your nudes do more now or I leak them to the press I haven't heard of that band I uh, <laughs> I, I I called my uh, grandma the other day because it was her birthday and I was like Nana how how are you? And she was like, I'm okay, but I'd be better if you did more now. That's what I call music. Oh, wow. <laughs> she listens to the podcast? She's a big fan of this segment. I, my mom left the country. She, she, she really go visit loves, her family she really in loves Lebanon. modern music. Yeah. 
before my mom left, I was like, hey, mom, I want to see you before you leave. And she said, no. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. Play more now. That's what I call music. And then you can see me. I was eating. Uh, I ordered Chinese food the other day and I got the fortune cookie and I opened it up <laughs> to see. I was like, I wonder what my fortune will be. I cracked it open and on the little slip of paper, it just said, do more now. That's what I call music. <laughs> so I guess we better get to order. it then. Yeah, so that's without, order, yeah. without further ado, it is our newest best segment, uh, a little segment we like to call Mail. That's what I call music. <laughs> Grandma yeah. loves the scream. Yeah. yeah. My neighbors also. Like, <laughs> Yay! Every time you scream, they go, Yay! That's what we call music, too. <laughs> Yay! Uh, so, yeah, we're each going to just play a song that we're into right now, and we're going to talk about it. Robbie, will you hear me that ox chord? Yes, sir. Um, I'll go first. And, uh, yeah, because it's fun to be nostalgic and listen to the stuff that Robbie was into, but it's also nice to kind of shine some light on stuff that, you know, maybe the listener hasn't necessarily heard yet or uh has heard and likes and would like to hear us talk about it so uh this new stuff so i think i've talked about this album on the show a couple of times it's a little bit uh came out a few months ago i think um but this is sturgill simpson and his latest album sound and fury oh yeah so we've talked about this a little bit and how strange of an album it I is i have not heard it yet very different very weird um this sure is a, is. Actually, this song is called Fastest Horse in Town. It's the last song in the album, but it, it's, it's definitely a closer. It's just one of my favorites. This is... Did he... Does this album accompany that, like, anime? Yeah. So there's, like, a 45-minute anime that's, like, a music video that uses different snippets of songs from, the, from this album. Uh... I haven't watched it yet, although I have seen the music video, which we watched together, Jay. Mm-hmm. It's, it was super. I love it. But this actually kind of... Sturgill's cool, man. Yeah. It's super cool. Like, I think this is probably going to be an outlier album on his in his career, you know? Like, I don't think it's like... But I, it's awesome that he did it, you know? I, I think. I, I like that it's so different. And, I mean, it still sounds like Sturgill Simpson. It's not like... It might be one of those where look back in 20 years and this was the thing that set a whole new set of bands adrift yeah like, maybe someone I mean, was saying that song about my chemical romance or something where they were kind of like frozen in time but if you look back at them they kind of really had that like 70s glam and david bowie type there's elements that bring them out of their little yeah you know, world yeah. and into more of like just rock spectacle i yeah. i definitely when they were at the time, I remember just being like, "Fuck, Fuck them! I don't like I that." Did, I did, I did. But I have like gone back and because uh, they had that show. Well, Gerard Way had that show on Netflix, uh, Umbrella Academy, that he wrote. It was like a comic that he wrote that I really liked, and so I went back and like revisited their music. And some of it still is not great, but some of it I was like, "Oh yeah, this was kind of." I cool. never actually listened to it, but I, it's the same way. Like academically, I understand Kiss. Like, yeah, right, I didn't right. like. I get it. Like, they have a place, you know, being theatrical and silly, but but writing songs. And, you know. This is good. 
Yeah, it kind of actually reminds me of My Morning Jack in a little bit. I was going like, to say, this yeah. is, this is, because uh, I've heard at least one other song from this album that's way more different than this. Yeah, I picked something that was, a. I mean, they're all sort of that noisy electric guitar and like fuzzy sort of sounds, but um, yeah, they're, this album, it doesn't go too far, but there are a lot more almost, I guess, like techno-y sounding songs, like things that sound almost like the Gorillas at times. Mm-hmm. This is a little bit more like good, like, I mean, still not quite country, but like jam rock, yeah. you know. Yeah, you're right. It kind of does do the My Morning Jacket thing. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think him, too, it's been like... A lot of guitar, just a lot of like sa- like cool instruments. He... Him and, like, Jason Isbell were, like, came out and they were immediately, like, sort of given this, like, stamp of, like, this is new country. (laughs) Which was almost to say, like, this isn't, you know, radio country that everyone's used to. And I wonder if he feels the need to just, like, constantly be Be trying to do something so that he's not labeled as the same as, like, uh... Blake Shelton or right. whoever, you know. It's, it's like, probably wh- like yeah. I like Jake, Jason Isbell a lot, and I like Drive By Truckers a lot. But mm-hmm. I, I, I like Sturgill doing like I, I don't. I mean, the truth is, I just like it when it sounds harder anyway. Mm-hmm. So some of like the more, I mean, he gets dreamy, which I like. But Isbell is he can be pretty, you know regular country music at times. Yeah. You know what I mean? It doesn't sound like I anything mean, too crazy for country. Like, his bill seems more like he's, it's more of like his message of like, right. Hey, he's a very I'm a, liberal I'm writing, country I'm writing singer. country songs, but I'm a liberal <laughs> and yeah. I'm going to, my subject matter is going to make some Nashville people unhappy. Right. But, Which is uh, cool as fuck. It oh, is absolutely. Cool. Yeah. But I just love. I actually, this is a great. This is a really good album to listen to from start to finish. It's a concept album, and like, well, in a way, it's a concept album. But there's a lot of like, there's a lot of good leading from one song to the next, and it's just a great song to like. I work to it a lot, or I clean up around the house a lot. It sounds like it was recorded in the largest room in well, the world. Y- you know, I love that shit too. Yeah, right? dude. I, like lo- a, I love like things that sound that yeah. <laughs> like it was recorded in a. Empty farmhouse. Yeah. <laughs> a cavern. True. Yeah. I love that. Um, am, I, am I up? You're, You're up, up Robbie. All right. What I've been listening to kind of nonstop for the past like three or four months. This is my tune for it. I was going to play something off of this, too. Talk about it, though, because I fucking love this album. Me, too. It's so much. What do we listen to? This is Purple Mountains, the um, newest and last, unfortunately, project by David Berman, the guy from the Silver Jews. Great band, great writer, incredible, like absurd but serious lyricist. Just so good. 
And then he he took his life this year after yeah. the South record came out. The uh, the album is beautiful and it is really sad. Like yeah, most of the most of the lyrics. Like this is a bouncy song called "All My Happiness Is Gone." Yeah, it's, he's the guy I I kind of know about. He's the dude who like. This album, he was basically like, I'm going to kill myself and don't be sad about it. And then he it feels himself. like, I guess, maybe. I mean, but he also was about to go on tour. Really? This is what. So, uh, I've Kyle Withrow, friend of the show, is the one who told me about this band mm-hmm. or told me about this album. And, uh, and then, yeah. I think I heard Matt then, Besser talking about it, which I'm sure he had a comedic sort of. So, do you know the him. band Woods? No. Great, great band. They are the backing band on this record oh interesting and they produced it and they were gonna be his backing band when they toured and i guess it just all got to overwhelming him like yeah. press and pr and mm-hmm. stuff and gearing up to play because he never really played live like the silver jews put out some records and then it took like 10 years before they played a show oh wow he was just not that good at it and I, he was also very nervous you know he seemed to have like uh, I've uh, like I've read very little about it to kind of figure out because I I've listened to this album a lot too and like apparently his dad was like a lobbyist for like firearms and alcohol companies and like all the stuff that he didn't support. Yeah, he, he his dad was like the like the facilitator of evil. For, so I think he kind politics, of you know, was like, always kind of felt kind of weighed down by that I, I don't know if that had something to do with his yeah he was going I mean he had through. a poet's heart yeah you know? uh, but he he's like there's some lyrics that will just slay you and it's so honest well, I'm putting it I'm downloading it now it's wonderful it's such a good album and I yeah I hope people listen to this album forever because it's so good yeah, and in the old, like some of the older Silver Jews records, like I didn't realize because I, I should know, you know, I'm, I thought I was a Rabbit fan, but not really. Like, there are some, like, he never really had a band band. He just had, like, these a few years at a time where some of his good friends were playing with him. Mm-hmm. Like, in the early, early days, it was Steve Malkmus and, oh, uh, from, from, and Bob uh, Nastanovich from Pavement. Yeah. So they were, he was always kind of labeled with Pavement Side Project. Oh, yeah. But it wasn't really. It was <laughs> right. just David's band. And then he morphed, and you remember that guitar player, William Tyler? The. He's an acoustic, really cool dude. He played on Lookout Mountain, Lookout Sea, which was like the record that came out in 08, like the last Berman record, I yeah. believe, which was also kind of like there's some real sweet country licks on it and stuff. And that's all like he just he just tapped the right people to fill out the tunes. He apparently was also uh, he teamed up with uh, Dan Arbuck, the guy oh, yeah. from uh, uh, Black Keys. And then, and the last song on that record, uh, Dan Arbach like helped him write. Oh, really? Yeah. So they were they were buddies. I love him. I mean, I, I, the album is so sad when you consider it in context. What's but, that album called? It's actually not on. It's uh, it's just called Purple Mountains. Purple Mountains. Yeah. Um. So fucking good. Yeah. Um. There's just this one line. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's so many lines, but there's one line that I've never heard. Of, there's a song called Snow. Snow is falling in Manhattan. Yes. And there's just this line where he says, like, so much joy in merely looking. I mean, it's the second half of a rhyme, but it's just like, yeah, you know, 
what a great observation. Like that, that is a joy to just watch snowfall, but I've never heard anyone sing about it. Right. It's just like little, little, little pieces of like brilliance like that. Yeah. It's really great. Okay. Plug up, bud. I'm gonna play this song. Uh, It's a little more upbeat than Purple Mountains. This is Baby Shark. (laughs) Close. Uh, This is Adult Shark. I hope this is the whole song. Uh, yeah okay so this song has uh it's just been stuck in my head for months uh i don't know if there's okay so uh hbo show the righteous gemstones uh which was was so so very good and uh one of the episodes they it's like a like a not a bottleneck episode but it takes place like in the past sure. and they no do this spoilers. song I've only watched the first episode <laughs> so this song it's called Misbehave and it's wonderful that part right there it's so good Just thinking about workaholics when I hear that guy's voice. That's not the guy you're thinking. That's not him. Nope. That's Walton Goggins, is it? Yeah, Walton Goggins. Although the, the, he uh, is in the show. Yeah, right? he is. Who's this uh, woman? She is John Goodman's Je- wife. Jennifer Nettles. I'm, no, I'm, I'm <laughs> she's an actress, but <laughs> she's only in this episode. Really? Because well, you need to watch the show. But it's a flashback, I can tell. Yeah, right? it's a flashback episode. And also, um, I watched the first episode. I don't know. I okay. Know well, then you know that she is dead. Yes. Oh. So first episode dead. was good. I'm, I'm excited to watch more. It was an hour, which I don't like. But, um, uh, but I'm excited to watch. Don't more like hour-long TV. He's so busy. He's I don't just like, so busy. I especially don't like hour-long comedies, but it was very good. That's a good and point. And it's not an hour-long comedy. It's just that first episode. Yeah. Now. The rest of them are 30 minutes, which is. I was happy to see that because I was like, I don't know if I could keep watching the show each episode. It, uh, it was like I finished the first season of it and it, I liked it so much more than I knew I was gonna like it, but yeah. I liked it so much more than I thought I was going to. Like, I was very impressed with it. Well, cool. Well, that uh, that means that it's time for us to end our uh, our newest and most wonderful segment. Now, that's what I call music. Uh, and that means that uh, we sadly it's time for our show to come to an end. Um, it's been a lot of fun though, Robbie. Thank you so much for being here, man. Yeah, Thanks, thank you guys. This yeah. was awesome. It was fun. You, uh, you're you're welcome to come back anytime. Uh, you know, if you had, I know there was a few more songs you probably didn't get to play, and uh, you're you're welcome to come back, or if you think of any more or whatever, because uh, this was very cool. But uh, now, cool. Uh, if Thank you, you have uh, anything you want to promote, tell people about your band because it's wonderful. Um, promotion. Well, we have a show. We're playing a So Far Sounds on the 11th. I don't know if this will be out by then. But otherwise, no real shows coming up. We're making our fourth album at Standard Electric. Yeah. A real fun place. And it's getting kind of weird. It's great. Um, so that's about it. Just bookclubtheband.com is if you want to keep track. That's where we'll be. 
Hell yeah. And you should. I, we did Pony League and Book Club played on the rooftop of the Claremont Lounge, Claremont Hotel. I guess Lounge too. It's still there. Uh, and you guys, uh, that I got to hear some like new book club songs and they all sounded fucking great. Yeah, and I broke two strings. You broke two strings. <laughs> two. Two. Like a and goddamn rock star. Two next to each other. They're really weird. <laughs> like. <laughs> but yeah, book club is wonderful. Well, um, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, I'm a fan did. of the pod, oh, so I'm happy to be a, a player in it. It was fun. Absolutely. Muhammad? Uh, rate and review the show and watch the Monsters music video still. It's the same thing I've been plugging for three weeks. Yeah. Great video. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> it's fun to do. Um, Muhammad did great. And if Book Club needs... You did great. If, Ma, if Book Club needs a video, uh, there's this director right over here. Booked. It does, does we can club. use a video. <laughs> Try to get us in costume, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making it very Indiana-centric <laughs> for one of your members. Matt was just dressed like Hoosiers. <laughs> Everyone else is in their normal clothes. Uh, you guys, thank you so very much for listening uh, to this episode and any other episodes that you've listened to in the past. It really means a lot, and we love you guys. And uh, Tell some friends uh, about this little podcast if you enjoy it. Um, you know, you can, uh, like Muhammad said, write us a review. You can email us, uh, myhighschoolipod at gmail.com, uh, with any sort of questions or comments or anything like that that you might have. Um, you can find us on all the social media shit. Um, be kind to people out there. And, uh, until next time for Jay Howell, for Muhammad Joma, for Robbie Horlick, make yourself a playlist, throw that shit on shuffle, pop in those earbuds, get out there. And change the world! Change the world!